0: Jacqueline LeBlanc is back to discuss how busy in November the Connecticut Sun were. But also, we're gonna look ahead to what we learned about the post-Kurt Miller era in Uncasville. The Locked On Women's Basketball podcast starts now.
1: Ogumba Wall-in for
0: the win. Good! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast
1: on women's basketball.
0: Hello and welcome. You are locked on to women's basketball. I'm Jackie Powell. I'm one of your Friday hosts this fall and winter. Now that we are in December. I cover the New York Liberty here at The Next, I help with our social media strategy, and I've covered women's ball nationally, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, WSlam, and many other places. And I want to thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by everyone here at The Next, which is not just me, but also our Connecticut Sunbeat reporter, who is with me, Jacqueline LeBlanc. Um, and just remember that Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more prompts, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So on today's show, we're going to make our way through what we've learned about the Sun in the month of November, which now has passed. We're going to discuss what we learned from Stephanie White's introductory press conference, the new head coach of the Connecticut Sun. Then we're going to discuss also what we learned from the introduction of Darius Taylor, the new GM, who will be a, who will also be accompanied by Morgan Tuck, who was promoted to be the assistant GM. And then to wrap up the show today, we're going to talk about what's next for the sun and how there might be more change than maybe we might have thought a month or so ago. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here. The the first question I think I want to pose to you is, what did you learn from the Stephanie White press conference that happened just a couple of days before Thanksgiving?
1: Right. So Stephanie White uh, was int- formally introduced as the head coach of the Connecticut Sun last Tuesday, I believe. Um, it was announced last Monday after a couple weeks of um, some reporting. And, you know, Stephanie made it very clear kind of like what her vision for the team is. And, um, you know, Jen Rosati and everyone else with the staff seemed pretty aligned. And, and it was really kind of a more up up tempo, free-flowing offense, kind of adapting to the Jen Rosati said herself, you know, kind of adapting to the newer style that the NBA and the WNBA have both adopted recently. And, um, you know, that definitely involves more three-point shooting. So last year's Connecticut Sun team, um, you know, in a couple of the years past uh, uh, seasons, the Connecticut Sun have really been kind of grit and grind, you know, really defensively focused, really heavy in the paint, of course, with three, you know, all-star post presences. And then, you know, DeWanna Bonner, and there as well. Um, So really kind of creating more spacing. Um, Stephanie White also kind of talked about, you know, a four out or maybe even a five out system. So really kind of creating more space. And um, she kind of talked about, you know, trying new things on defense, trying new things on offense. Um, But, you know, what it really came down to is um, it it sounded like being a little bit more guard oriented than they have in the past, especially last year with not having Jazz Thomas for most of the year Um, and then really kind of improving on that up-tempo, high, you know, free-flowing um, offense.
0: Yeah, I, I got a sense of that as well. And I think at least what became clear to me was Jen Rosati's understanding of where the league is trending. And I think what was really interesting about that introductory presser was when I asked her what the, the way in which she thinks – the Sun can finally reach that championship. And how does it compare and contrast to how the two most recent champions have done it in the Las Vegas Aces and in the Chicago Sky? And she said, you know, both of those teams did it in a a different way. In Chicago, it was about who they added in Candace Parker in the offseason. Vegas, it was about (laughs) who they subtracted And then also adding a a new voice in in Becky Hammond. And when you say who they subtracted, I mean, Liz Cambage was signed in free agency by the Sparks. It's really funny actually, because it technically wasn't a trade. Um, I I think Jen Rosati said it was a trade. It wasn't a trade, because I think there's some sort of salary cap um, nuances that allowed that not to happen. I mean, I remember thinking about how the Aces needed another stretch big. And I was like, well, why can't the Sparks get like Amanda Zowie B for Liz? Like, I Anyway, the math didn't seem to work. um, And and the Aces could have used another three-point shooting big. I know we, we talk about the Aces. They're the defending champions. How could they have needed anything? But I think what I learned from that part of it is Jen Rosati said, she said, there are a lot of different nuances that have to go right for you to win a championship. And so she made it clear that it's not always a one-to-one comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious what you thought Jen Rosati's, um, what did she, what goals, Did she communicate when it came to who she wanted to hire? And how did she illustrate how Stephanie White sort of checked the different boxes?
1: Right. So, you know, the Sun... Clearly, have been in the top of the league the last couple of seasons, have been into the semifinals the last four years in a row under Kurt Miller, you know, just coming off another finals appearance and, you know, a loss in four games. Um, so, Jen Rosati wanted to make it very clear that this is not a rebuild. And a word that kind of came up um, multiple times throughout the last month as they've made these various hires is kind of more of a refresh. So, like a fresh perspective, a fresh new look at, at kind of the team and kind of, you know, not necessarily involves like moving pieces around or or adding, subtracting, but you know, what can be kind of built and added and supported to kind of create that sustained success. Um, You know, and the other thing is she said the players also kind of made it clear to her that, They all wanted a former player to be their head coach, which, you know, we discussed this last time we chatted on Locked On Women's Basketball. Um, Definitely a big trend you're seeing in the WNBA is kind of adding former players, especially as the league gets older, kind of adding more wisdom of of former players. And um, Stephanie White is Connecticut Suns' first um, head coach with WNBA playing experience. Jen Rosati herself, of course, she was hired as president two years ago. She is also a former WNBA player. Um, So, you know, kind of continuing that and bringing in more of that WNBA playing experience was important to to Rosati in the front office, but also the players themselves. So Stephanie White kind of had the best of both worlds in those regards as she's been a former player, but she's also been a former coach in the WNBA. And, um, you know, she was coached for the fever for two seasons before she moved on to college, but in her first season in 2015, she took the, she took a well-established team that had someone like Tamika catchings and took them to the finals. Um, you know, so those kind of things all combined, I think, you know, Rosati felt very, um, very happy in kind of her choice and kind of, um, the realistic expectations that Stephanie White has, you know, Stephanie White knows what it takes to win and that's kind of what they're looking for. But I think, you know, the player experience definitely seemed to stick out as kind of the most valuable piece of this. And then also someone who is definitely not scared of, you know, it not being a rebuild, not having the chance to kind of completely start over from scratch, but figuring out what those missing pieces are to finally get the sun over the hump.
0: Right. Right. And that connects more to this, this idea of, you know, the adjustments that Chicago and Las Vegas had to make. So the, the sun are going to, the sun of a bit of a different circumstance, and it's going to be really interesting. And we will return to this topic. It will be interesting to see what lever the sun pull. Um, do, who do they gain or who do they lose? Um, which we will discuss later in the show, but I think I also want to ask you, and this may dovetail into what I was just saying, what surprised you or stood out to you during that presser? There was one moment that stood out to me. Let's see if if we're on the same, same wavelength here.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, we've definitely kind of chatted about it in the past, um, you know. Her comments about four out, five out definitely kind of stuck out just with the current, you know, makeup of the Suns roster and how they've played in years past. Um, but also kind of, you know, how they addressed um, Alyssa Thomas versus John Jones or how they, you know, n- not even address, but, you know, maybe kind of left some things unsaid. Um, So, you know, someone during Stephanie White's presser kind of brought up, you know, she has been in a similar situation before, of course, with Indiana taking them to the championships and having someone like Tamika Catchings. And, um, you know, during her presser, Stephanie White said that, you know, the Sun are very fortunate that they have an MVP kind of gritty, high energy player. And that player is, Alyssa Thomas. Um, You know, so I think that kind of stuck out to me as well. Um, Not necessarily that Alyssa Thomas is, you know, not that player, because she absolutely is, you know, she's definitely, you know, one of the heart and soul players of this team, high energy, high motor, you know, high, you know, defensive effort really has everything that she needs to be a potential MVP, which is what Steph White called her, uh, Alyssa, when I was chatting with her after the press conference. Um, but she didn't necessarily name drop John Quill Jones, who it was the 2021 you know, MVP. Um, so that was kind of interesting, I think. And then, like I said, I, I was able to chat with it with Stephanie White after the presser one-on-one. And I kind of asked her about, you know, in Indiana, you had one MVP. In Connecticut, you kind of have two MVP caliber players. And um, she had a really interesting bit about kind of talking about how, you know, it's not necessarily about building around them, but figuring out again, like, What are those missing pieces that they can put around those two players? And um, another interesting thing I thought that she said was, you know, it's really kind of her job to figure out how to make both those players' lives easier. She had a really interesting quote that I included in my piece last week about how, you know, it shouldn't be hard for Alyssa Thomas and John Cole Jones to get shots, to get rebounds, to do the things that they're really good at doing. You know, it shouldn't be as difficult as it maybe was at points last season. Um, and it's her job and, you know, the new staff's job to really figure that out. So, um, you know, that was definitely interesting, especially as we head into offseason. Um, this offseason, Of course, JJ and Alyssa Thomas are both signed for next year. Um, Bree Jones is the big, you know, unsigned, a free agent that, you know, there's going to be some chatter around next year as well. Um, But yeah, you know, even though they're both signed to the roster, it still feels like there's some discussions and, and decisions that need to be made, especially with kind of transitioning their new offense into the style that Stephanie White in the front office wants to play next year. So those comments by Stephanie White are absolutely
0: fascinating. And just to pause for a moment and just tell our listeners, this is the type of in-depth reporting, the type of hard work that we do at The Next. Uh, Jacqueline was there. She was at the press conference and she got a one-on-one after the, the public element with uh, local media and us on Zoom. So, this is just an example of why the work that we do matters so much because we're so detail oriented. Anyway, um, what I think I want to return to here is, and I think you and I will discuss more of this later when it comes to how John Quill Jones and Alyssa Thomas fit together. Because I think as time has gone by, that has become more difficult to figure out. And so that's going to be a little tease as we head into uh, segment two. Um, But before we then talk about what we learned during Darius Taylor and Morgan Tuck's presser, I want to remind you all about our title sponsor BetOnline. So I don't bet on sports personally, but I happen to believe that it is a crucial for the growth of women's sports, including women's basketball of course. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there, including what's on the line or excuse me, including what the line is for this Sunday's three versus seven matchup when UConn takes on Notre Dame on ABC at 3 p.m. for the Jimmy V Women Classic. And also, if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those as well on Bed Online. Also, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. So in in our next segment, we're going to really cover this idea of, of what we learned from talking to new GM, Darius Taylor, and his assistant GM, who isn't really new to the organization, but is more new to the role, Morgan Tuck. So Jacqueline, first, what was sort of your reaction to the news? I mean, I know actually Jen Rosati gave us a little bit of a a teaser during the Stephanie White presser. She announced to us, she said, Morgan's going to be the assistant GM. And so there was a lot of chatter when that news happened. And then they reannounced it when they announced that Darius Taylor would be moving from Atlanta to the Connecticut Sun
1: Right. Well, first off, you know, like we said, we heard about Morgan um, a little bit last week at uh, Stephanie White's presser from from Jen Rosati. And just starting off on that pick, I think it's a really great move. So, you know, Morgan was obviously um, a player in the Sun organization for four years, you know, won a ring in Seattle before retiring. And um, she's been back in this organization um, in the front office, or or at least on that side, uh, for two seasons already. Morgan is currently the director of franchise development. So she was really in a community-based role I'm um, really working with the players on, on community initiatives and getting out and helping and doing different great things like that. Um, she's going to retain that role, but she's also kind of taking on this new um, business role that focuses on basketball operations, which I think is really awesome and really a natural fit. You know, you know, Morgan also has that pre- previous player experience, which um, is very valuable in this league. You know, Jen Rosati definitely makes it clear that she really values that in, in her organization. Um, and, you know, Morgan's been with these players as well. You know, she's played with with most of these players who are already on the team. Um, she kind of grew up with some of them. So I think it's a really natural fit. I think it's a great fit to continue to add, you know, more things to Morgan's plate and kind of have her gain more experience. And um, I'm really excited to kind of see if this is a trend that also continues with other teams across the league. Um But yeah, Morgan, I think Morgan's a great natural fit. And um, I'm really excited to see her get this opportunity and kind of what comes about it there. Um, But even Darius, you know, last week, Jen Rosati talked a little bit about qualities she was looking for in a GM. You know, she mentioned someone who already has experience in, in kind of that role, um, someone who's organized, someone who's really relationship driven. That's something that came up multiple times from Rosati, from Steph White herself, um, you know, someone who, you know, is really going to be able to connect and communicate with not only, you know, the business people in the front office, but also the players on the court. Um, when they announced Darius Taylor, Rosati, you know, made it clear that he has all of these really great um really great characteristics that they were looking for. And the choice really just became super clear that he was the right person for the job. Um, His versatile experience really speaks for itself. He spent the last season in Atlanta under Dan Padover as the assistant GM. Um, Before that, you know, he was an assistant coach for Nikki Collin, kind of transitioned into being, you know, still on the staff for Mike Peterson when he took over, um, led as an interim head coach after Peterson stepped down and then kind of moved into this assistant GM role. Um, Before he was in Atlanta, he also has experience with Don Staley, which is definitely pretty valuable, I think Um, he was part of Don Staley's staff who actually recruited the uh, 2017 17 NCAA championship team, which of course includes Asia Wilson. Um, and he was with Don at Temple as well. So, you know, it's really interesting that she was also able to pick someone who comes from the basketball side, but still has, you know, the business background and, and the experience that she was really looking for. And then you know, just naming off some of some of his qualities yesterday, you know, said he was smart, thoughtful, calm, relationship driven and, and really cared about these players. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, they're really kind of focusing on on the relationship building and and kind of that component of the culture and whatnot, and um, Darius talked about how, you know, him and Morgan are kind of going in, in this together. He's excited to, you know, teach her everything that he knows, but also he's going to lean on her for her perspective coming from the player side, um, especially since she's going to be able to communicate with the the group of players who they have on the team next year as well. So, um you know, I think it's a really natural fit. I'm really excited to see this expansion of the Sun roster, of the Sun front office, and um, you know, kind of going back to it's not a rebuild, but more of a refresh and kind of a new, fresh perspective, and with that comes a new, fresh vision for the team? So as you were talking, I had this thought that
0: came into my head, which is I see a lot of similarities between sort of Darius's career trajectory and that of Morgan's. This could be a coincidence, but I just thought I would put it out there, put it out there into the universe, So in this role, and you are hinting at this, Morgan is very much so a bridge in that she knows this organization very well. She knows the current, a lot of the players that are signed right now very well. And so I think what we don't talk about when it comes to general managing and GMing in general And I think this may come from the fact that for so long, there were so many of these one person in these dual roles, which we're now moving away from. It's this concept of thinking about the future rather than just the next game. If it's thinking about maybe what's going to happen in a month or what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen next year, it's really important to have someone who players can talk to about that type of stuff. And some, and that's not always, and maybe it shouldn't be the head coach. And so the reason I bring this up is because, you know, Darius is, is new to this organization and to a lot of the players that are still under contract. And so Morgan is sort of a, a bit of a bridge there. Um, but why do I compare this to Darius? I mean, Darius was in the same spot. In that in Atlanta, he was one of the only folks who was retained when that new regime came in. And Dan Padover and Tanisha Wright and the ownership group, they decided that Darius was someone who they wanted to stay on and help them transition and bridge. And I think that speaks very loudly as well, because Atlanta was very vocal about how they wanted the, the right people. They wanted to establish a certain culture. And the fact that Darius was pretty much one of the only people that sort of stayed on, I think that says something about who he is and how well-respected he is across the league. And also when you brought up Don Staley, I couldn't happen to, to think or I thought, well, wait a minute he is very well known in the college basketball space because of his wife Joni Taylor. So <laughs> so th- this is just because general managers and have to also be able to communicate with college coaches. So to have someone who has sort of dipped their feet in sort of all of these different roles in the women's basketball space, I mean it makes a lot of sense to me and I think we both agree how, I guess, how much these moves both make sense. And so I think what I want to move toward now is what was the most, um, or how do you think the the Sun are maybe establishing themselves as part of the league that is anticipating the the change that's sort of on the precipice of occurring in, in the W.
1: Yeah. Well I think, you know, the front office expansion is is definitely a big part of that. And um, you know, Morgan, you know, when she spoke to the media yesterday, she kind of briefly touched on it. Um Rosati, it seems like Rosaddi has been thinking about adding an assistant GM for a while. Um, you know, rosati has been president for two seasons now. So, you know, it's really her, you know, kind of kind of seeing her regime, I guess, really kind of blossomed. Um, you know, wanting to add an assistant GM and kind of Morgan already being kind of a natural fit, um, kind of already having those characteristics that she really wanted. Um, and then, of course, you know, Morgan said that they were able to have conversations even before the season ended, um, you know, so when they were still going on next se- last regular season, you know, before Kurt even stepped down, they were kind of talking about these conversations about kind of flowing her into this assistant GM role. Um, so I think that's very interesting. And and a big part of that. And then, you know, like we said, I I don't know how many times I can say it over and over and over again, but just that former player experience is so good. And then you said it best, like bridging the gap between the players on the court and the front office and kind of balancing both the business side of basketball and then also, you know, the, the off court stuff with with these players who are, who are on the team. Um, so I think that's really interesting and love to see this front office expansion and kind of how versatility has um, really been a big word for for the Sun this November, whether it comes to, you know, people they want in, as a head coach when they were looking for qualities for Steph, you know, qualities Steph was looking for in her staff, and then also just Darius's kind of versatility in general, that his versatile experience that will really kind of contribute to to what this team needs.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, to a degree, that's that's also Morgan as well, who, as you said before, was and she will continue to be doing more of the community relations work. It was funny. I asked her about how she's going to balance that, and she sort of uh, she shouted out um, Annette Hogan, who I think was on the Zoom, saying, "You know, Annette, will maybe have to take on a little bit more, but we will be planning things out so that when we get to the season itself, and I'm doing more of the assistant gming, there will be less of." Um, or not not a lot of uh, difficulty there with the balance. So before we move on to looking forward, I do want to ask you what you thought was either the most surprising or interesting part of what uh, Darius and Morgan had to say.
1: Yeah, well, there were a couple interesting parts of the presser. So I would love to hear your opinion as well. Um, But, you know, I asked him toward the end, kind of what does his next month look like? So he was, you know, he just got hired, he just got this job, free agency officially starts in like a month and a half, maybe less than that. So kind of what does that next month look like? And Darius talked about how, you know, everyone kind of assumes when you're in a GM role, it's really just about roster management, roster development, but there's so much more to that. So the next month's not really going to be focused on um you know who's going in, who's coming out, who do they want to add, but like he really talked about that relationship building with everyone who's currently on the team, everyone who's currently signed in the organization. Um you know, he what did he say here? He talked about, you know, who's the right fit culture-wise and what are the players wants and needs and kind of how does he enhance that player experience? You know, what does Connecticut need to do to make Connecticut a real big, um, you know, kind of free agency destination and and a great place where people actually want to be. Um, So really focusing on kind of relationship building in this first month. And and he also mentioned taking some time to sift through some of the exit interviews, um, which I thought was interesting as well. Uh, You know, Of course, the Sun last year made it to the finals and their season ended pretty abruptly before players had to get on planes and go play in the FIBA World Cup. So interesting to see, you know, what would come through that. But um, really, I thought that was very interesting how he really wanted to focus on kind of the who's currently signed, I guess.
0: Yeah. and, And to to add on to that, we were talking off air before. There were not. There wasn't a formal exit interview conducted with the media, as we know most teams when they ended. I mean, with the Aces, it was more their post game press conference, and then they had their parade. I mean, that I, with the Aces, I understand um, why there maybe wasn't a formal exit interview. But for most teams who did not win the championship, that's usually something that happens. Um, so. That comment also, I really thought a lot about. I was like, wait a minute. Did they happen before Kurt left? Or did Jen Rosati conduct them herself? Like, what are we talking about here when we're talking about exit interviews? Is is Darius maybe referring to the discussions that Jen Rosati has had with some of the players? Because we, we discussed earlier with or when Jen Rosati addressed us for Stephanie White's intro presser, she talked about how she surveyed the players and they said that they wanted a former player. So is that what Darius is referring to? I don't know. So something else that I thought was absolutely fascinating was when Darius Taylor was asked pretty simply who he believes the core of the Connecticut sun is. And this is going to bring us a little bit back to something we were discussing earlier and this idea of, um, you know, what is being left unsaid. Uh, And he, his answer was more saying, well, the people we currently have signed. And that was a very, that was an interesting way to, answer that question. Um, So in our next segment, we are going to dive deeper into that question, into what we make of how Darius answered that question, what we may think of who the Connecticut Sun's core is. And we're back. So Jacqueline, what did you make... Of how Darius Taylor answered that question.
1: Of course, I think it was probably like the most politically correct way he could <laughs> approach that question <laughs> with being on the with having the job officially for like two days. Um, but I did think it was very interesting. Like you said, going back to the kind of things unsaid, and you know, definitely. It's very obvious that the Sun are going to have to make some decisions in the, in free agency, and they've made it clear they need some different pieces. Um, but, you know, who is going to be at that core? Um, you know, they made it very clear they need some outside shooting. They made it very clear they need more guard play. Um, they need more spacers. They need to kind of start living outside the post. Um so, you know, like I said, John Quill Jones signed for next year. Alyssa Thomas signed for next season. Brianna Jones, currently a free agent. Dewana Bonner signed for next season. Um, jo- John Quill Jones, uh, Dewana, Jasmine Thomas are all free agents in 2023. And he also kind of talked about earlier in the press conference about, obviously, you know, what kind of moves are needed. And um, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was definitely something interesting about, you know needing versatility and needing balance balance is definitely um i think the key word there which you know we definitely didn't always see from times from the sun last season um so needing more balance and and another way he kind of put that was um kind of pre-disaster proofing this team before things go down, um, kind of in referring to to injuries. So making sure you have a roster that is designed to be versatile and balanced enough that, you know, if something were to happen with, with the roster mid-season because of an injury, because of whatever else, um, you know, they'd be able to, to really kind of bounce back and pivot and adjust like they have been. Um, and I think that's definitely kind of, calling out last season's situation where they went down without Jazz Thomas early on in the season. And um, of course they ended up being super successful, you know, had a fighting chance in the finals and, um, you know, kind of at times their downfall was, it was really obvious that they were really missing that true point guard that their captain in in Jazz Thomas. So, you know, what can be done to kind of make sure that doesn't happen, that they have more balance and and versatility. And then um, somewhere else in this, Presser, he also talked about, um, you know, it's very obvious they'll have to maneuver the salary cap is how he put it, I believe. So, um, you know, they definitely have those big players, the the core, who we would uh, assume it was uh, for next year, signed (laughs) the core. We're doing air quotes here. Um, Of course, those people are signed, but they're going to need to make some big moves. (laughs) Like They're going to need an actual, you know, three-point shooting guard who they can consistently rely on. Um, You know, for the last couple of seasons, that's been Natisha Heidemann, who has been getting much better as she's got um, gotten older in the league. And um, you know, she was really kind of put into a, a much bigger role this year with jazz being on the sideline. Natisha's is a restricted free agent this season. So I can imagine them going back after her. Um, but you know, if another team's very impressed with Natisha and they want to offer her more money than, you know, the sun can actually fit in their salary cap. <laughs> Are they going to work to make that happen or are they going to make some other, you know, (laughs) some other moves? So um, balance really sticks out. But also, I just keep honing in on the the maneuvering the roster and maneuvering the salary cap and kind of what does that mean? Because there's so many, so many different possibilities that could kind of come out of that. I really, I think
0: something as we move into free agency, I mean, I was sort of joking there, but with my little cough to interrupt you, which I apologize for, but I think a lot about the LA Sparks um, when it comes to which pieces could be could not be on the sun because th- those are those are Kurt Miller developed players. And so someone like a Natisha Heideman, Sure, she's restricted, but the Sparks offer her more. And to have the opportunity to play for the coach that drafted you, I mean. But I think I want to return to the word you used, which was bounce. In that, and I think Darius Taylor, using that word, I think is, it, it stood out to me in that they have been so post-oriented or rather so paint oriented Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And it's about how do you make it easier for those great post players and how you do that is you have more space, which is what we've been saying this entire podcast. But when you talk about balance, I also think you have to talk about balance between players too. And so we noted earlier in this show the, the struggle to balance out the talents of Alyssa Thomas and John Quill Jones. And as we noted, it was incredibly striking to hear how the organization laid out their pecking order for those two players. Um, one of them, you could argue, is, I guess, a bit more gritty than the other. But then there's the other player has... Is much more versatile and has much more um, layers to her game. So I think, and even when you brought up Jasmine Thomas, she was this balancing force. She knew when to get the ball to Alyssa, when to get the ball to John Quell. But I also wonder, I also wonder how much has changed since when those three were all together and healthy in 2019 versus 2022 in that when Alyssa, so when John Quell opted out, Alyssa Thomas became more of the forefront to the offense and Brie Jones developed. And then you look at what happened in 2021. Alyssa Thomas doesn't play for the majority of the regular season. John Quell Jones, her ceiling raises Tremendously, And when we talk about the top three players in the league, we're saying it's Asia Wilson, Brandon Stewart, and John Cole Jones. Those are the three best players in the league. That's sort of the, the tier. That's how it's going. Um, those are the most complete players in the league. Those three players are two-way players who can score from almost anywhere. So I, I think it's just... Because Quell has raised her ceiling, the way in which those two players work together doesn't work in the same way that it did in 2019. Ceilings for both players have changed, and I'm not sure if they're that compatible anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jackie, I think you you know, you basically said everything that I was thinking. Um, you know, there there's going to be a a decision that has to be made. Um, you know, if it's made this off-season, if it's made next off-season. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Um, and I think, you know, this big question really affects on, you know, who are those pieces that they add around those people? Um, you know, who is the core that they're building around because, you know, Darius mentioned, it's everyone who's on the roster, you know, Steph White talked about building around JJ and AT and kind of making both of their jobs easier. Um, But what sets the sun up for future success? Um, You know, what sets them up for consistent success and continued success? Um, You know, Going back to Darius Taylor, he talked a lot about the short-term vision and the long-term vision, and that was a really big conversation piece for Rosati when they were trying to um, make a hire for for the front office. And he said that that short and long-term vision is is not rebuilding, but focusing on winning a championship now for for the short-term vision, but also sustaining that success and and continuing to develop players and continuing to be in a position um, that benefits them in the long term. So, you know, John Quill Jones is a free agent in 2023. You know, I don't, she's talked about how much she's loved Connecticut in the past before last season. So, you know, I don't personally know how, you know, how any of these players are, are feeling about kind of how last season ended since we didn't have those exit interviews. Um But, you know, is it is it possible that she leaves in 2023? And if the front office gets a whiff of that, you know, is it better to move now or is it better to take your chances and try to core her if that's the direction you want to go in that next season? Um, But really kind of who fits best around these players. So um, I'm going to throw in Bree Jones here for a minute as well, because like you said. I feel like all three of these players their ceilings have really elevated and you know AT and JJ didn't necessarily um wasn't necessarily the most compatible fit throughout the season but you notice that Bree Jones plays really well with John Cole Jones. Alyssa Thomas plays really well with Bree Jones. So do they focus on one of those other players and then try to keep Bree Jones? And you know, there's so many different, I feel like there's so many different combinations and options. And I don't know if there's necessarily one correct answer. Maybe that depends on kind of the free agent pool and kind of who are these offensive-minded three-point shooting guards that they're really hoping to add to their team you know is it someone like a Skylar Diggins Smith maybe who um you know is pregnant but you know maybe she's um Back and available for next season not necessarily happy in Phoenix it doesn't seem like so do they make a trade there Um, but of course Skylar Diggins is signed to Phoenix with a with a max contract the Sun would have to do something um, more maneuvering to to their salary cap to make something like that work or you know do they kind of go in on on a young player they're hoping to develop or, or someone who can really kind of come in and establish and Help them this year. So, um, I think it'll be very interesting. And I, I wonder, um, I wonder a lot if free Jones affects any of this at all. And if, um, that will kind of be the big story for, for free agency.
0: Oh, Jacqueline, you just put an idea in my head about a fascinating potential three-way trade, which <laughs> if I knew it's the type of thing where I have to write it out to know it. So it's not like I'm just going to, You know, keep a secret from the listeners. It's that I don't have the exact three-way trade, but you've laid out some potential possibilities for one. So thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And join us tomorrow where Hunter Cruz, M. Adler, and Joshua Welch will be back for our WNBA draft-themed show. And also, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Friday's edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. Thank you all, listeners, and we hope you have a wonderful weekend